Hello, this is Richard Russell and welcome to Creativity and Composition. We have a number of uh, business items to clear up before we get too much uh, on the way here, before we get started with the regular program. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank everybody who's been listening and writing in. I really do appreciate it and it's, it's terrific to hear from all of you. Uh, let's see, second, uh, one astute listener out there informed me that during my entire last uh, podcast, I mispronounced Corigliano during the entire podcast. I pronounced it Corigliano with a hard G. And this is a person I know who is a singer and has studied Italian. And I think she knows how to say Corigliano with a soft G or even an invisible hidden G. Uh, silent E, as they used to say on the electric company. And another item of business to clear up, uh, I apologize that there hasn't been enough humor. I know that in my first podcast, I promised that there would be some humor. My irreverent razor-sharp wit would be ever-present, and it has not been. I apologize for that. We do have many serious topics of conversation to talk about here when we get into the subject of composition, and we're cutting pretty close to the heart a lot of the times with our uh, feelings, our emotions, and so sometimes it's hard to remember to inject a little bit of humor in there. So my apologies on that. Another item to talk about business-wise is I'm using a new microphone today. This is a uh, Audio-Technica 4047 for those of you who are into the uh, technically with it side of things. This is a uh, condenser microphone and uh, I had been using a Shure SM57 which is a dynamic microphone. Let's see how my uh, condenser microphone compares. Uh, please do give me some feedback if you uh, prefer one microphone over the other. One thing about this microphone that I have to say is that I do live in a New York City apartment and so if you hear some street noise outside my window I do apologize. Okay, on with the show. Last time around, I talked about the why of being a composer. I shared some of my youngest experiences with music and how they inspired me and drove me to be a composer. Uh, I gave you a homework assignment of thinking up what are your reasons for being a composer. Presumably, if you're listening to this, you do write music. And what are some of the reasons why you came up with why you compose? I think there are any number of reasonable good answers for why somebody might choose to become a composer. But let me tell you a story about, uh, it goes a little bit along the lines of why there might be some wrong reasons to be a composer. Now, when I say I'm uh, a wrong reason to be a composer, I'm not here to pass judgment on your compositional style. I truly believe you have to answer to your own self when it comes to composing. So when I say the wrong reasons for being a composer, Please take care to recognize I do not intend to be critical of your style, but just to give you some food for thought. All right, so back to this story. One of my favorite podcasts out there right now is by a fellow by the name of Franklin McMahon, and you can check out his podcast feed at iTunes or just about anywhere. Be sure to check him out at his website, www.mediaartist.com, M-E-D-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-
Franklin McMahon seems to do a lot of work in different kinds of media. He's not a person I know personally, uh, but he does a lot of different things, you can tell by his website and his podcast. And one of the things he does is photography. On one of his recent podcasts, he talks about how he did some advertising for his business. He was really touting the fact that he had digital photography uh, at the ready, at the go, for all of his clients, and he was very excited about this, and he put ads in the local paper and said, come to me, I can provide digital photography, I have an all-digital studio, and he was very excited about that. Uh, I think that must have been a couple of years ago that he did these ads, because nowadays a all-digital studio is rather commonplace, I think even for amateur hobbyists. But anyway, Franklin McMahon was very excited about his business and his digital camera and really talked it up to all of his clients. But eventually he found that his audience wasn't really so interested in the digital aspect of what he was doing. They just wanted good pictures. For instance, he talks about a job he was hired to do where he had to take headshots of all the CEOs and and big shots of some local business in his neighborhood and they could care less if the picture was digital. They just wanted good pictures. They didn't want to be shown in unflattering light. They wanted to make sure that the color backdrop behind them was right and that the uh, headshot was lit properly. Those were the sorts of things that the clients were concerned about. They really couldn't care less if it was being taken with a digital camera or not. Now, I wonder if you've ever tried to write a piece of music in quite the same way where you were very impressed with some neato compositional trick that you were so proud of that you had to share it with everyone. It was just something that really, really grabbed your interest, not because it was musically valid, but because it was a technique that was valid to you personally. Maybe you came up with some offbeat modulation or you used an augmented six chord that resolved in an unusual way. Now that's not to say that such things aren't important, but they are tools much in the same way that Franklin McMahon's digital camera is a tool. The question you have to ask yourself is whether your composition communicates. Does it reach your audience? Not whether it has a lot of tricks up its sleeve. I remember being at a major music conservatory uh, and listening to the graduating valedictorian giving his valedictory speech. He happened to be a composer, and he reflected back on his early days as a student where he sat in a theory class and, well, I'll never forget his phrase, he said that he felt in his first theory class that he had been handed the very DNA of music. The very DNA of music. Now, I confess, when I first started learning theory, I I felt much the same. Here are all the tools I'll never need to know to understand music, let alone be a composer. But don't we have to remember the audience, too? Do they care whether we've grabbed uh, a neat trick out of our musical bag of tricks? No, I don't think so. I think audiences, they come to a concert to be moved and, and be involved. They want to be charmed or challenged. They want to be engaged. They certainly don't go to concerts to hear the resolution of a German 6-5 chord. I mean, consider, for example, if you go to a movie... Are you going to see the latest movie because you want to see how the director directed an actor in a particular scene or how did an actor read a particular line? No, you go to the movies to be moved. You go to the movies to be engaged. You want to find out how exactly does this story move along? How does it end? How do these characters develop? What is the upshot of this movie? 
I think you should approach composition in a similar way. Sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. You're focusing so much on a particular chord or a particular sequence that you forget that you're telling a story. You're communicating with an audience. This doesn't mean that you have to write accessible, audience-pleasing music only, but music is an art form like painting or literature or movies. As you compose, it's okay to ask yourself, what am I communicating to my audience here? Let's consider some of the new music concerts you've ever attended in the last year or two or five or ten years. How many times have you sat at a concert of new music and been really quite... Maybe you were impressed with some startling harmonies, but overall, somehow the piece just wasn't working. I've heard so many pieces that seemed like, for example, exercises in texture. They were very fascinating in the little textures, thin and thick harmonies or thin and thick textures. And there were some very fascinating sounds and layers, but I had no idea what the composer was trying to say to me. In my last podcast, I talked a little bit about my experiences of listening to the Beatles and listening to Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata and how all of that really gave me a firm grounding in why I wanted to be a composer. The way that music made me feel, I wanted to make others feel. Music is a communicating art, and typically it is a feeling or an emotion that we're trying to communicate. Sometimes our feelings are happy, sometimes we feel love or anger, sometimes we feel a whole bunch of things at once. I think as you compose, it's a good idea to know what you are trying to communicate as you go along. Take a step back and ask yourself, what is my audience supposed to get out of this? Maybe your piece even ends with a different sense than how it began. But you've taken your audience on a journey. And if you've taken your audience on a journey, great. Hey, maybe it wasn't the journey any particular audience member was hoping to get when they came to hear your piece. But if your music is transporting people, if they're moving someplace, it's very likely your music is communicating. And that's so much, so truly, the heart of what composition is all about. And so that wraps up what I wanted to talk about in this podcast. I apologize that, um, again, we don't have enough humor in here. I'm trying to inject some jokes, but, you know, they're just so contrived when I do that. And I'm also using a new microphone today. I'd be happy to know what you think about the dynamic mic versus the condenser mic. This is the condenser mic you're listening to today. But for now, that wraps up this show. This is Richard Russell, and I hope you'll come and visit me at my website, www.rdrussell.com. That's R-D-R-U-S-S-E-L-L.com. And there you can load, uh, download some scores of mine and listen to some sound samples. And I really do appreciate all of the positive feedback I've gotten from all of you. So until next time, this is Richard Russell saying, keep creating. Keep creating.